CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is sponsored by Filecoin Foundation. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey there, welcome to Coindesk TV. You're watching The Hash. This is where we get y'all up to speed of what's going on in the world of crypto and more. I'm Zach Seward. That's Wendy O. And that's Will Foxley. And we are here to dive right in. Will is going to lead us off today. Big time fireworks over on Capitol Hill. Gary Gensler sitting before the House Financial Services Committee. Will, what do you got? That's right. I think this is a story that's going to make Wendy particularly happy because Gary Gensler was getting it from all sides, especially from the Republicans on the Baking Committee or the House Banking Committee, I should rather say. Let's take a look at this clip from Representative Patrick McHenry from the great state of North Carolina interviewing Gary Gensler. Is Ether a commodity or a security? Without speaking to anyone. I know you've broken. repeatedly said you're not going to speak to facts. one, except you've spoken to one, Bitcoin. So I'm asking you to speak to a second one, the lar- second largest market cap here. And speaking to the tokens, there's 10 to 12,000. If there's a group of entrepreneurs in I'm the asking about the one. public is anticipating a profit based on the- I'm asking a specific question, Chair Gensler. I said this in private. This should be no shock to you. I'm asking this question. Is, it an e- is Ether a commodity or a security? And again, it depends on the facts and the law. And if there's a group of individuals- I'm asking about the, the facts middle, and the law sitting in your seat and the judgment you are making. And so, uh, uh, Mr. Chair, I think you, you would not want me to prejudge because I'm also- But you have aware. prejudged on this. Pretty incredible stuff. That was in front of the House Committee looking at financial services. This was exactly what Wendy wanted, of course. Uh, we've all wanted for a little bit from the crypto community, I can say. I think from Gary Gensler's purview, though, I got to defend him a little bit here. Like, maybe he doesn't want to prejudge without putting out any sort of SEC documentation. On the other side, Patrick Henry's side and the, all the House Republicans there, they're saying that he is liable to Congress and he must be informed by Congress and they are not happy with the judgments and the job he is doing right now. Zach, I'll throw it over to you. That was, that was some good stuff. I mean, this is, yeah, this is what's going to happen today. What's going to happen today is there's going to be a lot of lawmakers who are saying, hey, some of my constituents, some of them are working for crypto firms. They want to know the rules to play by. They're not trying to flaunt the rules. They're not trying to break the rules. They just want the rules. And so exchanges like this indicate the level of frustration that the industry is feeling. And by way of their lawmakers that they've reached the ears of in some point in the, in the past, You're hearing exchanges like this that are bordering on testy even 
So the fact that this lack of clarity continues to plague the industry makes it really hard for the good actors in the space to comply. The lack of compliance, we saw this from other people on Capitol Hill, isn't the fault of those seeking to comply. They're alleging that it's the fault of Gary Gensler's SEC for failing to provide those rules of the road. And I think as we're going to talk about later, it's sort of people are looking elsewhere. People are looking to other countries to maybe set up shop. And I think ultimately this could be quite negative for the U.S. if this lack of clarity continues to persist and people doing their best to work above board within this industry keep falling under the SEC's hammer, seemingly all willy-nilly. It's kind of hard to say what's going on. But yeah, Wendy, I'm going to toss it to you. You probably have a spicier take. What did you think when you saw that exchange? Well, today is the best day ever for me of 2023. It is so, so nice to see justice start to be served. I know that this is a long way, a long time coming. I know this is going to take a very long time, but it's just absolutely amazing how somebody who is in control of supposedly regulating cryptocurrencies not be able to give a clear answer. This man is getting paid with our taxpayer dollars to do a job. He can't even answer properly when being questioned. And he probably knew what questions he was going to be asked because it's a fun game between the red and the blue. But again, it's very embarrassing for America. We're hearing a lot of um, crypto companies wanting to leave overseas, which again is dangerous to lower level capitalism. It's dangerous to entrepreneurism. It's also dangerous to the United States of America economy as far as innovation goes. People came to America for a better quality of life, to have businesses, to live a lot more freely than where they were originally. I know that because my ancestors came here. And what we're seeing happening in 2023 is not only predatory, but it's very, very ridiculous. And I'm just happy to finally see the other public servants step in and ask questions and see what's going on and do an investigation. But I do remember our conversation yesterday with Will. Will was like, you know, this is kind this is, it wasn't, you didn't say it was a nothing burger, but you said it's going to take some time to, you know, to fall through. But at the same time, I understand that, but I'm just happy to see some progress being done because we haven't had any progress. We haven't had anybody step up to check Gary Gensler and the other public servants that are getting paid with our taxpayer dollars. And that's where I draw the line. Yeah, grilling is certainly fun. Uh, I think everyone enjoys that, like a little back and forth here. And I think this just sort of highlights the tension between the two sides, right? And we're going to see more of these back and forths. I think it's important to note Gary Gensler is appointed by the Biden administration, right? He is running the SEC at the behest of that administration, while Congress and especially this Financial Services Committee, it's more Republican leaning, right? So I think we're going to see more of this. There's going to be more fireworks. Uh, Wendy, you'll certainly enjoy it. Zach, last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you got to make hay while the sun's out, right? And I think Republicans on this House committee see an opportunity to paint Biden's executive branch as being incompetent, at least in this particular task. I don't personally see that crypto is going to be a major factor in the 2024 elections. I think it's too niche, really, that most people, honestly, in America still don't fully care. But that doesn't mean that these politicians uh, are going to waste the opportunity to lambast Gensler over, you know, what I think all observers would indicate is pretty sort of uneven application of these rules, right? An uneven application and an unfair position in terms of not sort of presenting again these rules of the road. You saw this letter from congressional Republicans yesterday preceding this hearing saying, hey man, like their lack of compliance, it's on you, it's not on them. And I think that people in the industry certainly feel that way. And I think that's a fair assessment of what's going on. If you strip aside all the politics and all the mudslinging even, I think it is a fair assessment that the industry itself has been saying for years now, just give us some clear rules, give us some clarity. And this SEC has been unable to provide that. You had Hinman years ago say that ETH, by his estimation, looked like a commodity. 
That is not codified into law. And yet an entire industry has sort of been built upon whatever light reassurances that one commissioner's stance some years ago, it gives them the, the assurances that they can continue to build in a lawful manner. You know, the fact that McHenry there was really drilling down on ETH is really important because Bitcoin, Gensler has been clear about, but ETH, which is obviously the big elephant in the room, hasn't benefited from that clarity, at least around Gensler's uh, public statements. So that was a, a definitely a good one to go in on. Last word to Wendy, and then we'll change gears quickly. Really quickly, it was just reported earlier today, Coinbase to consider leaving the U.S. if regulatory clarity doesn't emerge, CEO says. Again, they said the word consider, it is not that they're going to. And I think that is very important. Oh, that's what you were going into. So that's a perfect segue. That was an amazing segue. Thank you so much, Wendy. That was lovely. We're going to talk about a little bit of a global regulatory shuffle. You're hearing noise out of Coinbase and others saying that, hey, if it keeps up like this in the U.S., we're taking our ball, we're going elsewhere. He made some statements that maybe the UK is going to be a bit more hospitable to this industry going forward. Meanwhile, we're seeing other firms that had historically been based in crypto-friendly jurisdictions, such as Singapore, up and move. That's Luno, full disclosure. Luno is owned by Coindesk parent company, DCG. And you're just seeing this map sort of repaint itself. You got the UAE, you got the Dubai stepping in saying, hey, we're going to accept crypto firms. We're going to license them a bit more rigorously uh, than we had in the past. Obviously, Hong Kong has made similar steps earlier this year as well. So clearly what's happening in the US with the crypto crackdown in the wake of the FTX implosion is creating opportunity for other countries to come in and say, hey, set up shop here. We want you. And I think Coinbase and others are making that a bit more loudly known that they're seriously considering some of those offers. I'll toss it to Will. What do you see is going on here in this global shakeup? Yeah, let's go to the Coinbase story, which Ryan Armstrong said in a tech summit talk that they are looking at possibly leaving the US. I think I'm going to call like a little BS on this because I, I think they would have gone down this path to go public, to build within the US, a heavily San Francisco-based team, if only just to relent when things start to get tough. I think they knew that this could be a possibility with their roadmap, right? So I think Binance and Coinbase are the two exchanges to look at in the circumstances. Binance chose to jump all over the world, jurisdiction hop, as we call it, right? Wherever CZ is, is the headquarters of Binance. And they've done that for years now. And it's sort of worked uh, and really has actually worked extremely well because they're able to soak up all these users who want to use crypto applications. And they use Binance. They use Binance as their bank accounts all over the world. And they're not able to operate in some jurisdictions, but they're able to operate in a ton of jurisdictions to be able to soak up all these users. And now they're the largest exchange. Coinbase went the opposite way, right? They said, we're going to focus on the US. We're going to be compliant. We don't really know what compliant means, but we're going to try to be compliant. We're going to publicly list. We're going to continue to build products in the US for US residents or for Western users. It's worked as well, just like they're smaller scale. They're not as big as Binance, but they have some of the best liquidity, best pricing. They have some of the best products out there, one of the best name brands. And so I think it's worked in a different way. And for them just to give up on that because they get a Wells notice, I just don't see that happening. I think this is more posturing from Brian Armstrong. I do think that they will continue to explore moving overseas. They do have some Coinbase arms of different countries. Why not continue to grow those just as a backup plan? But you don't drop all this money, especially in going public, only to fold when things start to get a little bit more tough. Wendy, over to you. So I totally agree with you that on that, Will. And I think that they, Coinbase is bluffing a bit. But at the same time, it's important that they come out and they do indicate that they will consider leaving the U.S. if they're not given clear regulation. 
Coinbase does have a lot of ties with a lot of different government entities. I know that they worked with ICE in the past and they've done a lot of those types of provided some, you know, KYC, AML services, those types of things, you know, and they're working with a lot of the protection agencies. So if Coinbase does leave the United States, I think that they would absolutely decimate crypto here. I was arguing with somebody on Twitter about, they said, we don't need Coinbase. We don't need any centralized exchanges. But in fact, I believe that most Americans are not tech savvy. They don't have a STEM background and they wouldn't be very eager to get into the crypto markets, even to just play around with Bitcoin, just because people are not tech savvy and set using DeFi is still complex. So I agree with you, Will. I don't think Coinbase will leave, but I think it's important that they put it out there, that they will consider it. And again, that is going to be putting pressure on a lot of these public servants to step up and tell the SEC and the other regulatory bodies, give us some sort of clarity because this has gone on too long and it's absolutely ridiculous and an embarrassment. I'm going to side with Will on this one. I think it is a bit of posturing. I think until the crypto sector represents a significantly larger share of jobs in the US, that these claims are going to fall on deaf ears, right? Like we're taking our ball and going home only works if people really, really want to play with you. And it only works if you have a significant job force that you can point to. Coinbase by no means is small, right? But still, this industry is small in terms of total employment share in the US. So it's going to be interesting to see if they have enough leverage to be like, well, we're not going to be here. We're going to, it's going to be interesting to see if that's actually going to force the conversation or if it's just going to fall on deaf ears. I'm kind of inclined to think the latter, but I don't know. Wendy, what do you think? I just think that it has nothing to do with jobs because you can't create jobs in an industry that's not regulated or an industry that the public servants refuse to regulate because nobody's no one will hire in the U.S. for the most part. I think it does have to do with the partnerships and the types of services that Coinbase does provide to a lot of the public servants and to a lot of the regulatory industries, again, with ICE and then doing, you know, having and being involved in the whole cybersecurity thing, because if some type of bad money goes through Coinbase, that's how the U.S. government knows. I don't think the U.S. government is competent to do a lot of this chain, um, the blockchain analytics on their own. Just my personal opinion, though. And it's a fair point, right? When uh, the U.S. government sold that Bitcoin the other day, a few weeks ago, they used Coinbase to, to do that. So definitely likely. The one thing I'd bring up here is that a lot of Americans do hold crypto in some form or do have exposure to it. The last poll I saw, I think it was about a year old at this point, but it's around 17% of Americans hold crypto. So I think what Coinbase is really doing here is leaning into public sentiment. This is something that's only going to grow in importance and Coinbase needs to be around. Coinbase is the most important product in crypto right now, arguably for at least US residents. So let's make sure that we steward this correctly. I think that's their point. We'll see what happens with it though, right? Every day there seems to be a different update. This is Jensen Nancy from The Hash. Are you heading to Consensus? Because I am, along with the rest of The Hash crew. If you're there, you have to connect with the Filecoin community ahead of Coindesk's big event at the Filecoin network base from April 24th through April 26th in downtown Austin. Join Filecoin ecosystem contributors for lightning talks on Web3, gaming, developer workshops, and the latest updates on the Filecoin virtual machine. Spanning three floors packed with programming and networking opportunities, the network base, hosted by Filecoin Foundation, is your go-to spot for cross-chain collaboration and connection in Austin. Register today at networkbase.io forward slash Austin. Join Coindesk's Consensus 2023, the most important conversation in crypto and Web3, happening April 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the industry's only event bringing together all sides of crypto, Web3, and the metaverse. 
Immerse yourself in all that blockchain technology has to offer creators, builders, founders, brand leaders, entrepreneurs, and more. Use code THEHASH to get 15% off your pass. Visit consensus.coindesk.com or check the link in the show notes. Let's talk about some memes. Why not? Meme coins. We see them pop up. We see them skyrocket. We see them fall. Now in the rocket phase is the Pepe coin. Pepe the Frog, a famous meme who's had a long life on the internet and has come to represent many a different thing, is now being turned into a coin. Move over, Doge. Move over, Shiba Inus. We got Pepe here, and some people are buying the hype and potentially even reaping some profits on it. All right, let's talk about the meme coin phenomenon. Wendy, what's your take on this one? Pepe, is it all fun and games? Are people going to get hurt? What's your take on these things? This is the thing. Anytime you hear the word meme, expect these things to pump like crazy. Do not chase green candles. And if you want to get in and have fun, please consider using a very small amount of disposable income. I highly doubt this thing will stick around longer. If it does, I would be surprised. I would be happy. I love to see funny things come to life in Web3. But at the same time, this could maybe lead to a potential another run like we saw with DeFi summer of 2020. Who knows? I don't know. There's a lot of meme coins out there. Just be safe, guys, and just understand that this thing probably won't last very long. So just make sure to take your profit, moonbag, get in, profit, moonbag, and get out. Will? Yeah, I have some doubts about this, story. I feel like there's got to be a Pepe token out there in the I wild so in the last few years somewhere, right? I, mean, I know that the counterparty, which was a Bitcoin application of sorts, actually had Pepe NFTs as far back as like 2017. So there's definitely been an NFT Pepe frogs for quite a while. I'm surprised it took this long for us to tokenize and then throw these out into the wild, these uh, individual tokens for the Pepe. So that seems a little dubious, but I follow everything that Wendy's saying there, right? Like, you know, memes come and go, green candles come and go. Not much to it there. Just be careful with what you're purchasing because things do die. DeFi summer, we saw a lot of food tokens, right? I don't think anyone's touching a food token. It's been three years and those things are all dead. It's just what happens in crypto. Be careful what you're purchasing. Now, I guess it's my turn, which I'm very, very excited about this story. Full disclosure, before we get into this story, you guys, I have a big bag of gala. I've been invested for quite some time. And this makes me happy because I love airdrops. And again, this nothing that I say is financial advice any way, shape, or form. I'm just an investor, have a move back. Anyways, Gala to airdrop version two tokens in May. So basically, they're going to be dropping a new token um, to users on May 15th. Version two will be dropped on a one-to-one basis to holders to the, of the current Gala tokens. V1 tokens won't hold any value following the airdrop. Bummer, but who knows? Somebody might do something fun with it. Version 2 tokens are part of a broader upgrade to the Gala smart contracts on Ethereum, and it's going to introduce burn mechanism, which will make tokens more valuable in the future, in quotes, in quotes, okay? Upgrade will also bring improvement to security enhancements and future upgradeability, not scalability, but upgradeability. And then Gala advised users to remove their Gala tokens from any liquidity pools or smart contracts before the snapshot on May 15th. So it's an airdrop, but it's not really an airdrop, but it is. Zach, you want to comment on this? Yeah, I'll comment on it. I mean, I'll, I'll leave the airdrop phenomena aside for the time being. We'll talk instead about Web3 gaming. Obviously, there's a ton of interest around Web3 gaming. I think there's been some early indicators that there's some legs to it, right? Axie Infinity famously sort of became the first widely adopted Web3 game. It obviously had problems thereafter, both with the tokenomics and, oh, by the way, that massive hack by North Korean hackers of the Ronin network on which the game operated, right? So 
Web3 Gaming, I think, has sort of been in that conversation as maybe that next big thing that will fuel adoption, similarly to how NFTs brought a lot of people into the fold. But I think the jury's still out as to whether or not gamers really want the functionality that Web3 Gaming can offer them, right? You hear people in crypto say, you know, true ownership of digital assets. People in the games world don't seem to fully care about that just yet. And I think it's still like has to be proven by firms such as Gala and others as to whether or not they can move the needle on Web3 Gaming and get that message out there about true digital ownership out to the gaming world. Because like so far, there's just been headwinds against it. And I think whether or not this will move the needle is obviously to be determined. But people are trying to crack that nut. They see this as a big opportunity, Web3 Gaming, and whether or not these guys can can seize the day, again, to be determined. But we're going to see a bunch of experiments around this in the coming 12 to 18 months, I think, at least. I don't know, Will. What's your take on the Gala airdrop? Yeah, I got two takes. One, maybe a little bullish and one a little curmudgeon-y. So I'll start with the bullish just to make Wendy happy. I do think we're looking forward to the next cycle. Could be a year from now, could be two years from now, who knows. But what we do know is that there are some narratives already forming. And I think L2s, layer twos on top of these different networks, especially Ethereum, is one narrative. And then the second would probably be DeFi gaming, uh, the implementation of tokens right into any sort of game you want to play. This is definitely like a thing in normal gaming, right? Like this is very old. Typically you have to use a credit card or something like that. And you're able to buy like in-game money and then directly purchase things in the game. Huge gaming community that has interest in there. But the issue has been to date that a lot of these tokens have not been sticky when they have put them into games. And the gaming community has had a pretty love-hate relationship with crypto, where a lot of times they invest in crypto, but they don't like the side effects of crypto, namely the purchasing of GPUs and the fact that it's hard to get a GPU when any of these other tokens pump. That being said, I think when we go forward to like the next cycle, L2s, gaming, those things are probably going to be very big. Just like the last cycle, we saw Bitcoin and Layer 1 sort of being like the narrative. Now for the curmudgeon take, just to throw it over to Wendy, I do have some issues with this story, and that is like the market cap metric here. They say it's around $360 million market cap. And basically what they're taking there is the amount of tokens and distribution, which is about $7.5 billion, and the price of the token, which is down in the pennies, and multiplying the two and coming up with a market cap. And the reason they do that is basically so you have some sort of like intuitive sense of how big this market is, but it doesn't really work for these smaller tokens because there's no liquidity. So if you do start seeing large sales tokens into the marketplace, you're going to see the price drop really quickly. So I think that this could be like a pretty misleading metric and gives you a tough look into what DeFi gaming is in the current moment. I think that it's going to be a bullish segment for crypto, but I think at the moment it's still like pretty backwatery and there's not a lot going on. Throw it over to you, Wendy. Yeah, I do know that they did hire um, because they have a really, really big ecosystem in the gaming in the gaming sector, and they also have Gala Music and Gala Film. I do run some Gala nodes. I don't think I have any Gala Film nodes. Anyways, um, one of the things that they did do is they did hire economists to kind of reevaluate the tokenomics for a lot of their different games and a lot of things that they were doing just to make sure that the model was sustainable for the future. And I think that's a big problem that a lot of the Web3 gaming stuff is having is that they came out with these really great ideas, but they didn't think that far ahead. But that's okay. And I hope that this airdrop does start to rectify itself. Um, they did talk about some type of burning mechanism. So I don't know exactly how that's going to work. But again, you guys, all this stuff is still in beta. So if you're investing in this stuff, if you're buying it, if you're interested in it, make sure to have like an entry and exit or a trading or investing plan with it. Don't buy into this stuff thinking that it's always going to moon all the time and it's going to you know create generational wealth. It could, but at the same time, everything in crypto today in 2023 is still technically in beta, including Bitcoin. I mean, everyone's in beta, right? We're just working towards some better state of our future self. You know, if you Taco really think Tuesday. about it, it's Taco Tuesday. Exact anyway, 2.0. We'll, 
It's actually 2.0. I'm still in beta. I'm old as hell. I'm still in beta. Don't worry about it, guys. All right, that's it for the show today. Thanks for watching The Hash. It's a three box Tuesday. It's me. It's Wendy. It's Will. We'll be around tomorrow. But also, you know where we'll be next week? Austin, Texas. Get down there. Consensus is coming up. There's going to be a ton of great content. Not not only the hash stage, but there's going to be like all sorts of stuff going on. We got William Shatner. We got Olaf Carlson. We for you true OG crypto heads out there. We got a ton of folks talking about really interesting things in the industry and more. So come check it out. We'll be down there. It'll be fun. Also, check us out on the podcast network. Good stuff over there. Listen to the hash. Listen to whatever shows you like. A lot of good stuff on the podcast network. Check that out. All right, that's it for the show today. Again, Zach, Wendy, Will, we wish you well. We'll talk to you soon. See you. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcast at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.